0: Uh, may not have seen him, uh, but uh, here's your chance to actually see him. Uh, Tariq uh, uh, completed his um, medical schooling in uh, Pakistan. Uh, he's from a place called Faisalabad, which I uh, associate with a lot of cricket, which I follow very closely. Anyway, uh, he finished his uh, MBBS, uh, then went on to finish an internal medicine residency and a renal fellowship Uh, both in Pakistan, became a fellow of the College of Surgeons and Physicians in Pakistan through that, uh, and uh, then was working as a consultant nephrologist in King Faisal University in Riyadh. Uh, He then decided to um, move overseas, uh, did a nephrology fellowship, in fact, completed his nephrology fellowship at Ohio State. Uh, early this June uh, before joining us as a transplant fellow. It's been a pleasure having him. Uh, Tariq is going to talk about uh, immunological workup uh, today. So I'll hand the mic over to you, Tariq.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Dr. Kubachi for uh, um, such nice words. And um, it's a pleasure for me Uh, talking to the whole faculty. This is very unfortunate that I could not uh, get a fair chance to uh, see all the people outside transplant world. But of course, I mean, we'll definitely meet at some point. Um, This um, presentation, of course, is giving me an opportunity to to, to meet and interact at, at least virtually. Uh, My my today's talk is um, just about a very basic uh, workup that we do before a renal transplant, and I have entitled it as immunological workup for the renal transplant. During the presentation, I will walk through that what is an HLA, a very basic concept about the MSC molecule and HLA antigen, how do we do the testing for the HLA, what are the various Types of cross matches. How do we test the antibodies against various um, uh, HLA's, and how do they affect our decision in the organ donation? A couple of things, I guess, that um, uh, that 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 may be confusing for the new readers. Uh, when we when we open up any um, article or any chapter in the book or uh, any research paper, we see a couple of terminologies so i just want to explain them before i move on msc is just an hla um, outside uh, human species it is called major histocompatibility complex msc but if the msc is in the humans we call it as hla only uh, the hla sometime uh, some literature or authors refers it to a particular set of the genes on the dna sometime H L A is being referred to a surface molecule, which can, which is MHC, of course. And sometimes the author can refer it to HLA antigen. During my talk, uh, I will remain uh, very specific about these terms. So whenever I say HLA, uh, it means that there is a particular sequence of the gene on the DNA. And if it is antigen, it, it, it means that a particular surface molecule. Uh, before, uh, we talk about the gene uh, uh, i mean uh, everybody knows that the gene is expressed in the form of the proteins the proteins that NHLA produce that is expressed on the surface of a molecule in the form of an msc molecule there are two types of the msc molecule the one is uh, msc1 and the other msc2 the msc1 uh, is, is is comprising of the one family of the polypeptides called alpha and there are three members of these polypeptides alpha 1 alpha 2 and alpha 3 the beta 2 microglobulin that you see uh, in that picture it is uh, 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 is a part of the uh, is, is a part of the molecule but it's not a part of the family indeed uh, on the surface of uh, these um, uh, alpha uh, peptide chains we see some epitopes and peptide binding groove. In fact, the whole uh, MSC molecule does not have capacity to trigger or ignite any immune response. There are a particular set of amino acids on the top of, uh, uh, on, on, on MSC molecule that has this capacity. MSC1 um, molecule are in other words, anti, uh, the HLA antigen uh, class one is present on all nucleated cells. Anywhere in the body, uh, in contrast to the HLA one antigen, the HLA two class two antigen is very much confined to the very uh, to, to uh, professional anti antigen presenting cells like natural killer cells or B cells. Um, unlike class one, it has two family of the polypeptide genes. The one is beta and other is alpha, and there are two two members from each of these families alpha one, alpha two, beta one and beta two. And similarly, like class one, they have a particular set of the amino acids on the top that actually participate in an immune system. We'll talk about this, uh, the, the, uh, the peptide binding groove and the nappy tops a little bit in detail uh, uh, down the road. Um, MSC uh, a molecule on the surface, they have a, a, a particular, uh configuration of about 15 to 20 amino acids so these amino acids are considered to be the primary uh structure that in fact contributes our 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 trigger our participates in an in in, amino, uh, in, in an immune response uh, these epitopes could be very uh, HLA specific and some epitopes they could be shared by the different HLA antigens. If they are not shared and they are HLA specific, we call them private epitopes, but if they are shared by many different anti, uh, the HLA antigens, we call them uh, cross-reactive groups or we also call them public epitopes. On the right uh, side of the, uh, the panel of your screen, you see a white box. You see that uh, the A1 uh, craig the, the common reactive antigens, cross-reactive group antigens, they have been shared by A1, A3, A11, 29. The purpose of telling this that, for example, if by somehow recipient has an antibodies against A1, there is a high probability that these antibodies will, would react to so many A1 antigens. So that was the purpose of finding these uh, and uh, talking about these epitopes. Well, the research has, uh, um, uh, has, has gone further. They say that it is not the epitope only. It is a, a more specific uh, two to five amino acid group on the top of these epitopes, which actually the, 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 uh, has the capacity to, to initiate immune response. And we call them functional epitopes and in other, in other words, E-plats. I will talk about these epitopes and eplets contribution into the, uh, into the donor allocation a little bit further. But let's talk about the, the sequence of the HLA um, uh, genes on the DNA. Uh, HLA is the, is the densest part of the human uh, genome that uh, comprises of more than 200 genes over there. The 50% of the genes are expressed uh, and um, 50% of the genes, they are kind of pseudogenes. Most of the genes in that locality, they contribute by they, they, somehow they are related to the immune system and they are located in the short term of the chromosome six. Uh, now uh, the, the epitope uh, I have been talking about, there are many um, uh, kind of research works and more fancy research works in fact that uh, are very much uh in the favor that we should match organ uh, of, uh we should match recipient and the donor pair up to the uh, epitope level uh, uh the 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 results of one of the study that i just randomly pick it shows that there was a significant difference in terms of graft survival uh in terms of incidence of the rejection if we match uh, the organs between recipient and, and donor beyond the HLA and up to the epitope level, but there are foes too. I mean, many people they believe that oh no, it, it it we really don't have to do that. And when they they just uh, match the recipient of the donor according to the anti HLA uh, the HLA mismatch numbers, the the epitope they did not find to be have any role in there. Then comes the role of the E-plat matching. Well, the, the, the similar results are for the E-plat matching too. However, it's a very good registry. It was um, uh, done in, in like 2004. That shows that more are the number of the mismatches at the e level. There are the more chances of the production of the antibodies and the chances of antibody rejection. However, the E-plat and the epitope uh, matching are mismatching. It is not happening in the real world so far. So far, we are just limited to the HLA matching or HLA mismatching only. So far, they have not been incorporated into the the, uh, organ donation. (laughs) The HLA molecule that is um, uh, situated uh, in the chromosome six has many subtypes, class one, class two, and uh, class one like genes. Uh, a class one has a b c and non-classical efg but the the the, the actually and ent- uh, the actually gene sequences that we are related to this are which, which have significance they are a b and c and among a b and c of course a and the b they are uh, the the most important they have fine to be related to to define the the fate of a transplant so this is why we 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 consider these two antigens in the class one family. The class two family has DRP Q M O and many several other genes. Uh, and in them, we we consider DR as the most important one. So A and B from the class one and the DR from the class two are the antig- are the HLA genes on the basis of the which the organ is allocated. And most of the time, on the basis of which we decide the fate of, we we can determine or we can predict the fate of a fate of an organ. Uh, there are many several pseudo uh, genes. We really do not know that what is the function of these pseudo genes, but it's believed to be a factory for the HLA antigens, and they keep uh, producing and changing the shapes of the HLA and maintaining the diversity and polymorphism. The, in the in the HLA, now the the surface molecule, the uh, the antigen, or MSC molecule that I discussed in the beginning, um, I just want to mention that how is it related to the HLA um, uh, HLA gene sequence of on a DNA? Um, as I said, that MSC one has. Three uh, different type of uh, family members: one, alpha one, two, three. So these alpha one, two, three, they are produced as a combined effort of all of HLA A, B, and C. Uh, the B two, as I said, it's not a it's it's not a part of the family uh, of the antigen. It does not contribute to the immunogenicity, and it is uh, uh, coded by. The, the system outside HLA, it's coded by a gene on the chromosome 16. Uh, whereas the MSC2 molecule, it has two genes, the uh, two polypeptides, alpha and the beta. Each gene on the on the HLA, it, it has subdivisions, the alpha and the beta itself, and the alpha produces alpha and the beta produces beta. This is why most of the time uh, in the class two um, uh, antigens, we have D, we, we we partition them into alpha and the beta, so it is always like DRA, DRB, because they have they produce different set of a gene uh, on 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 an HLA antigen. Uh, historically, um, the the as I mentioned that the, the decision regarding allocation of a kidney uh, it depends on only only on the HLA A, B, and DR. It's not like that we do not consider. Other HLA antigens we do, but they have—they are not still the part of the algorithm uh, on the basis of the which the kidneys and our other organs are allocated. But they—they they have their own significance, definitely. For example, HLA DP, HLA DQ, and HLA AC—they are—they have their own clinical significance. But I don't want to into—I don't want to go uh, into that details because. That, that needs another um, uh, presentation. Um, uh, IPD, uh, IE IMGT, uh, it's, a, it's a HLA database. Uh, according to, uh, to June of 2020, see the polymorphism, so many shapes, so many types of the uh, HLA antigen have so far been identified. Only in the class one, there are over 22,000, in class two, over 8,000 HLA antigens have so far been detected. Only in the HLAA more than 6,000 and HLAB more than 8,000 uh, different uh, forms of the uh, HLA uh, have so far been reported. Uh, the nomenclature uh, after passing, you know, uh, an evolution of over, over like 44 or five decades. So this is the form of the HLA uh, nomenclature we have agreed upon. Um, the, the the first part of the HLA uh, name, it, it's, it's a prefix that means that this a particular gene we are talking about. the A represent the HLA family of the gene. The next number uh, th- this is a separate at some time and it means that it is done by the molecular method. Uh, the next part is the allele and the next part is specific HLA protein. By the end we have uh, an N number. the N could be anything it could be null allele, for example, there is non-functional allele or um, if 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 we write L, it means lower than normal cells. It could be anything, and the possibility is always um, uh, written on the nomenclature. But the point of uh, showing this picture is that for the organ donation and uh, uh, for for most of the um, renal transplant work, we just we, we usually do not go beyond the the field one. So until field one, we are we are kind of okay. I mean, it is always good to have more detailed information of an HLA, but so far, practically, we are not going beyond the allele group. There are various types of the uh, HLA typing method, um, classical serological method, and many molecular-based method. Uh, I, um, I really don't know that why do we call HLA typing uh, it could be confusing for the new readers but it doesn't it doesn't mean anything special it's just an HLA testing and that's it uh, but it's a fancy word uh, for the HLA ta- testing and and it is typing that is good uh, So I will just talk about uh, microcytotoxicity toxic, cytotoxicity testing uh, It's a very classical method of um, doing HLA typing uh, before I mention I would say that it would be very unreasonable if i do not uh, talk about dr uh, terasaki dr terasaki uh, has been professor of immunology in, in university of chicago la and uh, actually dr terasaki he proposed the microcytotoxicity text- testing like like four decades before uh, this microcytotoxicity testing it is not practical nowadays we don't do it anymore but it still makes the basis of uh, of the modern uh, hla typing even the even the plate on which the hla you, uh, typing uh, used to do the, the the name of that plate was terasaki plate he did a very uh, great job and uh, his testing the microcytotoxicity test. It has been standard of practice, practice for over 30 years in, in, in transplant immunology, immunology before the molecular testing and the DNA testing came into play. Uh, the, the, the method was very simple. He took a lymphocyte from the donor, he put some rabid antibodies and um, uh, as a source of the uh, you know additional antibodies and then he see the slide under the microscope and you know, all these uh, this, 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 um, uh, equipments. And the lysis of the cell was noticed. That was the only. And particular antibody was added um, uh, to a cell before adding that particular antibody into a well-shaped, many micro shape shaped uh, wells. Uh, so if there was a lysis in a particular well or in a particular uh, tube, it was mentioned as, okay, fine, that uh, antigen is probably present in there and uh, on, the, on the basis of the known antibody used. But as I said, we don't use that method anymore. The, we are using more, more kind of um, uh, modern things. So we, we, we use um, a couple of uh, molecular testing now. For example, the uh, uh, very commonly used is sequence-specific uh, primer testing um it, it, it's all about the genetic testing i just want to mention in detail the one sequence specific primer because rest of the uh, other like uh, ssop they are, are more or less have the same procedure we what we do we take a particular primer we run it on our dna uh, the primer that we that we use in order to extract a part of the dna it, it is known to the laboratory so we uh, uh make a copy of the dna we amplify the dna with the pcrs and we run it on on a gel plate electrophoresis gel plate and on the basis of the which the, the gel plate has many controls over it and we we know that which part uh, what kind of protein is produced and on the basis of which we can decide okay that is the particular type of the um, uh, of the uh, dna is produced and we can name it later. That, that uh, typing gives uh, low resolution. I will just talk about that, what, what does low low resolution mean? The sequence-specific oligonucleotide probe, uh, instead of using an electrophoresis gel, we use a probe that has a contempt, uh, the a complementary uh, DNA uh, oligonucleotide sequence, and with the help of that probe, we realize, okay, that type of the HLA uh, sequence uh, of the gene sequences present the next is sequence specific uh, base typing the sequence specific base typing is just the uh, amplification of a polymorphic exon with the help of a, uh, a direct sequencing of the pcr products means a particular part of the dna is amplified direct by the pcr product and this Uh, is a kind of a report which is produced. The next, uh, which is the most modern way of molecular testing is next generation sequencing. I I really do not have any idea how to do that, but it gives the excellent detail of of any DNA. Uh, The the, the SSP uh, that I mentioned earlier, it gives a slow resolution, the low resolution, that means it can go up to the two allele Um, the two numbers Uh, it can give an information up to the allele level the SSOP uh, it gives an information up to the protein level like but the SBT and the uh, next generation sequencing it gives a high resolution and it can give you all the details until the uh, the specific HLA protein and um, whatever the uh, the the last number is, I really don't know that what does the uh, the the last numbers are for. But the the detailed information of any HLA is produced. It can be produced by the NGS. The good uh, 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 news is that our immunological laboratory they have installed the NGS now. They have done. Uh, many uh, preliminary uh HLA typing. I have myself seen those uh, reports, and they are very, very fascinating to see. In fact, they are so colorful and beautiful. and I hope that within a month or so, that machine will be 100% functional and will be using that machine for the HLA typing. Uh, this is a typical uh report of uh, our um, VA hospital. Uh, that report. If you see at the bottom of the report, it says that the class one and the class two types have been done by the molecular method. The method that we are using in our uh, VA laboratory, it is most of the time is SSOP, but I have been told that we have been u- we have the ability to use SSBT and sometime SSP as well. Uh, in the report, we see that uh, in addition to the HLA-A, B and DR, mm-hmm. the our laboratory does report CW, DRW, DQ, and DA, and many other uh, antigens. And I mentioned that these antigens they have their own significance in the clinical practice. But most, of, but our concern regarding our organ donation is is confined to the HLA A, B, and DR. Uh, Matching versus cross matching. Uh, we have been uh, matching the HLA uh, between uh, donor and the recipient for a very good period of time, uh, but uh, you know, over the years, we learned that the mismatching is kind of more important than the matching itself. Uh, this is, I mean, there are several uh, studies and st- several data. I mean, anyone can look into it. I just, uh, I have just chosen one. Um, according to uh, several studies, that if we go up by one uh, uh, HLA mismatch between the CPN and the donor, the the chances of the the graph survival decreases by seven and according to some studies by 10% uh, as compared to zero HLA mismatch. So best is zero mismatch and the worst is highest mismatch. And the hazard ratio continues to develop if we go on and continue to go high with the number of the mismatches between the recipient and the donor. Uh, then there is another term that is used which is called haplotype. Uh, you know, the, the HLA, um, uh, of course, it's, 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 a, it's a gene. So half part of the gene comes from the mother and half from the, from the father. It, um, so haplo means the half, half of the gene, the HLA, that term uh, that can only be used uh, if we are doing a living-related transplant because in uh, and that can only be used when we are sure the biological relationship between the parents, uh, parent and the child. Uh, it is because the in order to say a haplotype, we must be having uh, a genotyping of the parents because we never know that the, the set of the antigen, which is present in the in the child, has it really descended from the parents or not? So this is why the term haplotype is very much confined to the living related transplant, and we cannot apply it to the living unrelated transplant. And of course, in the deceased donor transplant, if the deceased one is not related to the the recipient Um, of course the kids are always one haplotype uh, with with their biological parents Uh, among the siblings uh, it's a very very you know simple uh, mendelian fish uh, mendelian um, inheritance pattern 50 percent of the siblings they are always uh, they have one haplotype match 25 they may have two haplotype match and zero Uh, they do not have haplotype match the purpose The bottom line is that the haplotype term uh, is very much confined to the living-related transplant and we cannot use it beyond that. Well, uh, so far we have uh, spoken about the HLA antigen and their typing. Now we are uh, going to move the antibodies that a recipient can produce in response to these HLA molecules, so there are uh, various methods that we can use to detect these antibodies. So these methods could be cell-based methods. We call them CDC, a complement-dependent cytotoxicity method, the virtual cytometry cross-match and uh, uh, flow cytometry cross-match and the virtual cross-match. And there is uh, the, the second method is solid phase method that has uh, many methods, but I would will, I will just talk about the Luminix. Uh, bead assay, which is uh, a most commonly used method to check the antibodies in the CDC uh, cross match. We take antibodies from the um, from the recipient, we take the donors uh, lymphocyte, we add some complement to it. And on a, on a, on a plate, we see the, the the percentage of the cell lysis if no cell lysis occurs, it means there are no antibodies to a particular uh, donor are present. If the cell lysis occurs and more than 25 20%, it means there are certain antibodies are present uh, against that donor, which may result in uh, in, in, in the rejection of the kidney. The uh, this testing can give some false positive results because uh, sometimes IgM antibodies, which are not in fact the antibodies which uh, participate primarily into the antigen antibody reaction, sometimes uh, these can be omitted if we if we if we um, um, wash the cells or by adding them, adding uh, diethylthiitol. Which removes most of the IgM antibodies. It can gives false negative results uh, because if if the, the the level of the antibodies are pretty much low, or if they are non complement binding proteins. But but it's a it's a it's still a very good method to assess or predict or to determine the presence or absence of the antibodies. Uh, uh, the, the some interpretation of a CDC cross match could be if we see a CDC cross match T cell cross match positive B cell positive it means the DSA antibodies the the DSA means the donor specific antibodies they are present against class one are are both are one of the uh, the class if it is negative it means. Most of the time it, it means that the, there are no donor specific antibodies are present and there is unlikely, uh, the, um, the likelihood of uh, getting an immediate uh, rejection is unlikely. Number s- second possibility is that the, the, uh, the teeter of the antibodies is pretty much low or they are non complement antibodies. The B cell cross match is relatively, relatively of a lesser significance as compared to the T cell cross match because the B cells are the anti anti, antibody producing cells. And some they, they, I mean, some authors, they write it as a sticky B cells, they capture the antibodies very, very easily. And most of the antibodies, they are actually uh, not the antibodies that have any role in the in the rejection. So only B cell um, uh, cross-match positive, it's sometimes a uh, kind of uh, dilemma that should we do transplant or not, but we decide uh, upon the different uh, you know, assessments as well. For example, we can see the level of the uh, antibodies present. We can repeat the test after some time, uh, but it is not Always, a absolute contraindication to the transplant. Uh, The second, the fourth possibility is that the the T cell is positive and the B cell is negative. But uh, there is no such uh, thing that can happen because the B cell has both of the antigens, so it is impossible for the B cell to remain negative and the T cell becoming positive. Uh, Flow cytometry is uh, just a modification of the CDC uh, testing. Uh, we take serum, uh, 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 recipient serum, we mix it with the donor lymphocyte and instead of uh, checking the lysis of the cells we add some fluorescent antibodies into it and from the fluorescence of these antibodies we assess the presence of antigen antibody reaction. Uh, Instead of um, uh, in in, in terms of percentage of the cell lysis they are uh, narrated are mentioned are reported as mean channel shift the mean channel shift means how much percentage of the um, of the intensity of the amount of fluorescence is um, on the uh, on the picture you can see if it is the 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 shift is more it means there are more uh, it, the flow cytometry was kind of more positive and if the shift is low um, the it means the 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 cross match is kind of on a low positive side but usually we just take it as positive or negative the good thing is that um, uh, it can uh, detect very low anti-HLA antibodies but the bad thing is that uh, it sometimes can capture uh, non-HLA antibodies and sometimes non- uh, Complement fixes. And th- this is why it is a lot more sensitive than the CDC cross, it, cross uh, itself. Uh, the comparison between CDC and the flow cytometry cross match is that it has been seen that the flow, flow uh, cross match has its own significance. So, all those patients who had flow cross match in the presence of an active uh CDC cross C D C cross match, the instance of the rejection and the graft, graft survival was was definitely low on in the in those patients. So um, flow cross match does have a clinical significance, but we have to read it um, um with 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 CDC cross match. A virtual crossmatch uh w- before I talk about the virtual virtual cross match, I just wanna uh, talk about the topic of the um, testing the HLA antibodies by solid phase method, because this is how we do a virtual cross match. So in, in that method, what do, what do we do? We have a, a kind of an equipment in which we have synthetic HLA antigens, about 100, which are representative of a particular population. We add recipient's serum into that plate into the valve plate that has several antigens. If antigen, and then of course, we, we, we add the fluorescent antibodies into it. The amount of the light produced as a result of antigen antibody re, um, uh, reaction, it gives rise to the uh, uh, presence or absence of, of, of any particular antibody against a particular HLA um, antigen. Uh, this is very widely used method and very specific method and it can detect amount a very very low amount of the nthla antibodies uh, this is how it is reported so it is reported on the base of the 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 light or fluorescence that is produced that is as a result of antigen antibody reaction and it is reported as mean fluorescence intensity mfi i really don't don't Uh, want to go into that detail that how much FI, um, MFI should be there, but we really do not have any consensus that how much MFI uh, is important, but it seems like that nephrologists across the board, they are kind of agreeing upon a level between 5,000 to 10,000. Anything more than 5,000 or 10,000 means that these this level is pretty much high and we should react to that. Now I called about the virtual cross match. The virtual cross match is that the, the, the recipient and the donor, they are not sitting together. The recipient, for example, somewhere in the California um, and, uh, and, and the donor is here in the Iowa. What we will do, we'll call the, the hospital. I mean, this is now it happens, this is now it function. I'm just, I'm just uh, telling you, um, for the sake of understanding the, the recipient is in Iowa and the, the donor is in in the California so what we will say we'll ask the hospital to send to do uh, this method the the luminex beat method on the on the donor and send that report to us okay and we really don't need a blood for that even a buccal mucosa anything can be used because we just need an HLA Uh, uh, from that particular donor. We do HLA testing by the HLA-Luminex-Beat method and we realize that this patient has HLA A2 in this. We read uh, from our testing that our patient our recipient in the Iowa, he has antibodies against the HLA-2. So we will call them hey guys, listen, we really don't need that donor because the recipient that we have, he has antibodies against the, the one of the antigens that particular donor has. So we probably go for some other other organ. So this is how it works. Of course, we do not take care of all this virtual cross matching, but there are, I mean, this, this, the whole system is pretty much centralized and they take care of it. So this is virtual cross match on the basis of the reports, we just tally the HLA typing of the donor with the HLA antibodies of the recipient that which antibodies our recipient is gonna tell. Uh, The CPRA, um, it's a calculated panel reactive antibodies. Uh, It's a very uniform and accountable method for assessing sensitization. Uh, What does it mean that uh, a particular recipient how much, how much ability a particular recipient does have to, to produce antibodies against the pool of the uh, donors that we have. This is a site uh, that can give us, uh, um, let me get into that. Can you see
0: that? yes we can Tarek. yes we uh,
1: can. Uh, the CPRA calculator yes yes good so this is a CPRA calculator it's an online Microsoft uh, o- um, online software if we add uh, anything for example the uh, uh, for example this patient has HLA a1 and b5 and at the bottom we calculate it so that software will where will tell us that this particular recipient has a CPRA value of 33%. Having CPRA value of 33% means that this recipient has an ability to produce antibodies against 33% of all the donors which are present in the donor pool. So we have to be careful about that and we should select for those anti- uh, donors which against which this a recipient does not have any um, um, antibodies. Uh, this is a typical um, uh, the report of uh, our uh, immunology immunology lab uh, that mentions uh, anti uh, the the strength of the antibodies. For example, and at the bottom, if you read, it says that luminex based Uh, multiplex bead amino acid, the the method that I just mentioned. Uh, High risk, moderate risk, and the low risk antibodies, these are based upon the intensity of the MFI. Uh, We have set these uh, numbers according to our institutional policy. So anything more than 3,000, we call it as a high risk antibodies. And between 1,500 to 3,000, moderate and less than 1,000, uh, are low risk antibodies. So this a particular recipient has antibodies against A2, A80 and B2 and 81. So uh, so we should avoid any donor who should be having these HLA uh, antigens in them. A very uh, brief um, review of whatever we have spoken uh, until now, uh, if the cytotoxicity, Uh, method is negative, flow negative, and the single antigen B DSAs are negative. So this is the best scenario we should go and get a transplant done. Uh, The second scenario is that the, that the both uh, cross match types are negative, but we have uh, antibodies. We can proceed with the caution. We can desensitization uh, methods, or we can go for a different donor. The third scenario is that the flow cross match is positive but the CDC crosses, cross-match is negative. The best option is that we go for an alternative donor or with the paired kidney exchange, or it could be a very high risk for um, uh, uh, rejection. So we can consider some desensitization protocols in these patients. Uh, the, the, the worst scenario is that everything is positive. The CDC cross-match is positive. Flow cytometry cross-match is positive. And single antigen uh, bead based DSA's are positive, so probably that that is not really a really a good good scene, and we should go for some alternative donor in that case. Uh, I, I believe that my fellows are still listening to me, and um, uh, I'm I'm just gonna put couple of uh, scenarios to them uh, so that they just understand that um, how to read an HLA. Report of our lab. Are you okay, sir? Ahmed, hero. Uh... We're here in the conference room. Perfect. Good. So this is an this is this is a report. So first case, I will I will solve it. So as I mentioned that um, we just have to uh, 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 consider A, B, and D R this is not a rocket science to find matches and the mismatches between the recipient and the donor so let's talk about the a so we have mismatch a match of a1 we have match at the b0 we do not have anything matching between these two recipient and the donor right and then on the dr we do not have any match so we have one antigen match in this recipient and the donor uh, couple so let's talk about the mismatches we have two and two common and one and 24 uncommon. So this pair has one uh, mismatch at A1 and then two uh, at the B2 because eight and 64, they do not match between the recipient and the donor. And then we have two mismatches at the DR. So this donor is five antigen mismatch. See how, how different the things are if we see them from a perspective of a match and from a perspective of a uh, mismatch uh so i'm gonna give you one exercise so can you can you tell me um ahmad ariro can you tell me how many matches do we have in that a recipient donor couple in the a1 for example one 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 good in the b zero zero perfect in the
0: oh is that would you count
1: that as two in the in the drq Oh, sorry. I was thinking of B. Sorry. Yeah, you don't call DR. the others. DR. Yeah. It, so one. Okay, in the in the DQB. Let's Okay, we don't we don't do on the DQBs. I, as I mentioned, so we'll just oh. remain confined to the DR.
2: Man, you tricked us. Told you, DR.
1: So, yeah. So we have two antigen matches. So what about mismatches? One in A. Good. Two in B. Perfect. And And one one, in DR. Perfect. So we have four antigen mismatches. So this recipient is going to produce antibodies, right? Yeah. Against which antigens? Can you tell me those antigens?
0: 8, 29. B7, B35, and BR11.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So all these antigens which are new to that recipient, uh, that recipient is going to produce antibodies against them. So what if I flip that recipient and the donor? Well,
0: the mismatches and matches are the same. Mm. Take take your time. Take your time. (laughs) One your
2: time.
1: Uh. Good. So we have one, okay? And DR one. So we have two antigen matches. Oh
0: yeah. So there's, right, there's no mismatches in the DR. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So if you okay. see that there are, I'm sorry. So in the in the in the uh, recipient of the donor, we do not have any mismatch. We do have a mismatch, but this recipient is not gonna produce antibodies. You know why? They have oh. the DR4, so
0: they're not gonna make antibodies against DR4. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. So the this this is not, yeah. there is a mismatch does exist, but this is not going to produce antibodies against the DN. Okay. So that was all from me. Um, so kindly go ahead and shoot questions.
2: Hey, Tariq, this is Christy Thomas. Can you hear me? Very well. So, uh, first of all, um, congratulations on taking on a somewhat challenging uh, topic. And this is really just the first two months of your transplant fellowship. I think you took a fairly difficult topic and broke it down. Substantially well to make it um, uh, easy to uh, follow. Um, and those, uh, th- that teaching exercise, I think, was also um, uh, pretty good. Um, just um, a couple of clarifications um, the uh, HLA class 2 molecule actually has you know two subunits, the alpha and the beta. So each of them are polymorphic, meaning there are multiple different alleles for each of them. I think you mentioned, for example, that the HLA-DR only has 29 alleles, but there's substantially more. Uh, the, the polymorphism with DQ for the alpha chain is substantially more than the alpha chain for DR. And in fact, um, although DR is more important in the class two system for HLA matching purposes, when it comes to antibody production and the significance of anti-HLA antibodies, uh, DQ antibodies are probably more important than DR. So there are rules um, of in, within HLA that are used strictly for HLA matching and rules that transplant centers use to make sure that the kidney a patient receives is um, optimal for him. And we worry much more about HLA-DQ antibodies than, say, HLA-CW or HLA-DP, where its role in, in graft survival and rejection is substantially less harmful than DQ.
1: Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Really
0: so, Tariq, I have a question for you. I mean, it, uh, you, you explained uh, the cytotoxicity cross match, you explained the flow uh, cross match. Uh, we consider, of course, the, the flow uh, much more sensitive. Uh, my question to you, just in terms of knowing that you have worked elsewhere, you've been exposed to transplant elsewhere uh when you worked in riyadh were they doing more uh, were they uh, following the flow cytok- cytometric cross matches or um the cytotoxicity cross
1: matches uh, no uh, yeah are ahead. you done with the question sir yes yes yeah so we were following uh, the cytotoxicity cross match more
0: so that, that would be the, the older um it, Test being used. Uh, I mean, though we we consider that um, quite. I mean, it, it of course uh, historically has a lot of importance. Uh, it, it the potential drawback with using just a cytotoxicity cross match, as you are aware, is that we you you could still have rejection uh, after a negative cytotoxicity crossmatch given the presence of low levels of antibodies then with the flow cytometric crossmatch the uh, we see the opposite wherein they are super sensitive to the presence of uh, even low levels of antibodies wherein um, you can have a flow crossmatch that's positive but uh, and and because the flow cross match is positive, you say no, we're not going to proceed with transplantation. Uh, where actually in the real world, you could act uh, in 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 vivo. Um, you could have gone ahead with the transplant. Basically, saying this is much, much more sensitive, and there are okay, there are possibly times when, because of a flow cytometric match being positive, we avoid the transplantation and we uh, prevent a potential transplant from happening uh, by by policy. Then uh, you know, centers have moved to saying uh, we're we're we are comfortable with that situation as opposed to. Uh, using only cytotoxic cross matches where they possibly could be a rejection in the future. Um, so one is much more sensitive, one is much more specific. Um, just a little thought to throw into uh, how uh, times have changed uh, with more sensitive
1: tests that we use now. Absolutely. Thank you. Any question from fellows?
0: One more exercise. Yeah, more tests. I'm sorry, great. Uh, There are no more questions. Uh, Thank you for taking the time to do this. Uh, Thank you for breaking it down and uh, giving this opportunity for uh, some of us who don't uh, do this regularly to be exposed to this. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.